Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Key still recovering from his 50th birthday bash. I think it's fair to call it a bash over the weekend. Key, almost 300 guests. Something like that, right? Was no, I was waiting for you to continue. I thought you were getting ready to go and continue. I wasn't. I was going to lay out for you, you as think, I rest you, my vocal cords. You think I'm getting ready? You were waiting for me to go out and continue. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> oh God, my voice! Yeah. It just—it was starting man, to go yeah. before the birthday party because you've been on. You've been working so much. Yeah, but but it just, yeah exactly, and it got better, and then over the last day, it's getting worse again. Now I'm talking, and I'm at first take later on. Poor Molly. Is gonna have to deal with me and my voice, and Big Perk is on there with me, and so, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully I'll be all right. But the party was just—it's one of those deals, man. It's, you know, I haven't had that much fun in a birthday party. My fortieth was 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 cool, but a party party, probably since my draft party. Wow. Uh, because it did the number like my fortieth birthday party was only forty people. It was couples, and it was only 40 of them. And we did a whole dinner deal, then we went to the club afterwards. So that wasn't crazy. This was a little, this was a bizarre deal because you ran in, I mean, so many people came, Max, man, you know, that you hadn't seen in such a long time or Mm -hmm. people you went to high school with and, you know, hey, what are you doing? I'm married, got five kids, you know. It's just like, oh, gosh. Or, hey, whatever happened to him or whatever happened to her? And you just had these conversations with so many different people over a long period of time in the heat. And the alcohol consumption was ridiculous. The intake on the alcohol, Lord have mercy, man. I, I, I wish I would have counted the amount, the bottles of tequila in, 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 um, in, in the, the liters, like how much of the tequila was consumed. Because we had... I know off the top of my head we had two, four, six, eight, ten cases. <laughs> and we had individual bottles, like huge, huge, like gigantic bottles of tequila. Then some of my guests, even though they was instructed not to bring anything as a gift, I probably picked up another ten bottles of tequila and all I'll do is hand it to the bar, hand it to the bartender, hand it to them. At the end of the night, the bar was dry. The bar was dry. It, and obviously we had other liquor there and Hennessy's and champagnes and beers. and It was dry. It was dry. Crazy. It That's was dry. Cra- you know, when people say, oh, so-and-so is blessed, you're a blessed man to be 50 years old. And to be, like, a lot of people imagine that. Hey, when I, I'd like to have... To, to be in a situation like almost a, this is your life situation, right? All the people I used to know and this and that. and But usually people don't have the resources to pull it off or else maybe haven't really collected people over the years that are they're close enough with, that, that, they're, that are fond enough of them and vice versa, where they really would put it all together. So that kind of remains some sort of like a, a fantasy. Not that they're dying to do it, but like, oh, that might be nice. But most people don't actually get to experience that. You did it. That says something good about you, I think. Well, like my, my agent, Jerome, was saying, he said, I've been making money a long time. <laughs> no, he, he says that you've been making money a long time. Your network, my network is so large. Think about it, Max. 
since 1996. I've been in the, you know, if you want to go back to college, since the mid-90s, I've been in the spotlight. And if you want to go back to high school, the late 80s, I've been in the spotlight. So all those people from the late 80s to where we are today have come into contact with me and those sort of things. But so, that don't mean that they show up for your party. You see what I oh, mean? Oh, no, no. But I've been in contact. Like, we, like, I have a lot of what I would call friends. Mm-hmm. And my brother has friends that are tight with him. My sister are tight with them that know me. And so you get that collective group of individuals and you put all that together is why you can accumulate such a large party. I guess. I, like I like think- nobody, there was nobody at the party I did not know. Right. I, I just think, like, if I were throwing a big 50th, I, I don't think I could get 300 people together. And I've made friends through, like, anyone I work with, pretty much I've become, you know, close friends with, B- besides, like, all the other experiences you have. But I don't know 300 people where I could honestly say that I had real relationships with most of them. They I, were, don't think that, the, I don't think most people could do that. The relationships that I have was good enough for them to come to the party. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I've done business with them. I've done something. So it was good enough to, to kind of like just enjoy it all. I mean, it was, like I said, I knew literally everybody there. I knew I've come into contact and I've known them, whatever the case may be, whether it's through my brother and my family, through me, through sports. Interesting. Like Coach do, you ever feel, do you ever feel like you're like a lot of people have the experience, even if they know a bunch of people, they need some they want to talk to someone and they feel alone. Like there's really no one to pick up the phone and call. But you must never feel that way. No, I don't. No, I'm, I'm very isolated, though, Max, to be honest with you. I'm 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 an isolated guy. I, I kind of I'm a people person, but I'm so isolated. Like I'll go to a restaurant and eat by myself. Mm-hmm. With no problem at all. Hey, you guys want to go eat? Oh, I don't think we're going to stay at home. Well, I don't want the food at home. I'm just going to go out. Because your out life is interaction and socializing for work, right? Like that's what you're doing 10 hours a day. And on yeah. top of that, you have this enormous network. Sometimes you just got to be with your own thoughts and have a drink and a meal by yourself. Oh, yeah. I used to go to the movies before the pandemic by myself. Yeah, I used to do that too. Like Welcome a weirdo, to but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. You sit by yourself and watch a movie. Like, oh, that guy's at the tea's a creep. No, I'm just here by myself. I can tell you this. I got three daughters. Watching a movie with them, which is like my favorite. uh, It's it's both my favorite thing to do. We put on like one of the Disney movies or something. But also, they talk through the whole thing. The whole thing. I'm like, girls, you don't even know what's going on in the movie. You got to sometimes pay. I get talking, whatever. But you got to sometimes pay attention to what's happening. You yeah, you're getting old, Max. I know. Everybody talks to a movie. Do the whole thing, all three of them. Yeah, I, I talk to a movie here and there. Here and there is okay, but there's not a thing that happens before. And then the more dramatic it is, the more nervous they get, the more talking they do. I, like, I, girls, are, how do you? I know try what's to predict. I try to predict what's getting ready to happen. Yeah. Especially if it's a thriller, or suspense, sure, you know, course, yeah. or some sort of drama. I'm always kind of. Oh, he's getting ready to do this, or she's getting ready to do that. Oh, he's going to jail. This is what's getting ready to happen here. Can you predict what's going to happen with KD and Kyrie is the question. Oh, you see that? That's a pro. Key, here's Nick Friedel on the Nets' ideal situation, what it would be heading into next season. They'd love to run it back with Kevin. Where I get stuck, having been around that team the last few months and, and, and watched all the destruction that occurred behind the scenes, is whether or not they would run it back with Kyrie. 
That's where I think the Nets have an issue, and this ties exactly into what Brian was saying. The question here is twofold. One, would Durant actually come back to Brooklyn? Two, would he come back to Brooklyn without Kyrie? That is what only he knows right now, and at some point he's going to have to convey to the Nets. If he would, I think that's Brooklyn's dream scenario to start the season. Key, what do you think? Yeah, that might be their dream scenario, but that doesn't mean that that's going to happen, right? I'm, I'm, I'm torn with the Kevin Durant back to Brooklyn. He's going to play because some of my intel tell me he's not. That's not the case. And Kyrie wants to be in Los Angeles. I don't. I mean, we're still in July. They don't play regular season at the start to October, so they've got essentially three months to get something turned around get it done so neither one of those two are on the team and they can move on. But Brooklyn may not want that egg on their face. I, You know, try to salvage the relationship. It's funny because when you think about what's on Brooklyn, if they stayed together somehow, let's say they all want to leave, but it doesn't work out. Okay, we're going to get something done before the deadline, whatever. But think about this roster for a second, Key. Ben Simmons, we haven't seen him play for a while. Let's say he's most of what he was. Still can't shoot a lick, but can do all the other things, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, Kyrie Irving, we know he's all universe when he's on the floor, right? And mm-hmm. now with the pandemic rules changing and everything, he can play. KD is, re- is you know, one of the best players who ever lived. Uh, Seth Curry is as good a shooter as you're ever going to see. Joe Harris gets back. He can shoot one of the NBA's best shooters, and he's a perimeter defender. Like, if, if they, even if it's, like, not what they want, if these dudes just all show up on the court together, Key, they might not have any choice but to win a bunch of games, and maybe stuff starts to feel different as the season goes on. See, but, but that's, that's the, the Max Kellerman in you that's looking at it and saying – well, they can play together. They can coexist, even though the organization essentially kicked them out, even though they asked for a request to trade. Now they go back. Almost by accident, I'm saying. What if it happens it, by accident? I, I just don't – I don't know how you can play and win if your heart's not in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think your heart might maybe gets in it by accident, right? Like just because you're so good and then maybe the, it starts to turn around. That would be a weird no, because, scenario, because, but I don't think know it's why? impossible. You know why though? Because every time you it won't. Because every time you walk up and down a hallway, and you're looking at one of the front office guys or something, you're like, Argh. and the moment Steve Nash doesn't do what they need him to do, it's a Argh. so it's 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 just hard for me to see. I had to sneeze. I had to hit the uh, button. <laughs> what, what can I do? I had to sneeze sometimes. All right, Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune in for Major League Baseballs. Did you hear what I just said? Major League's ba- Major League Baseball's. Come on, man, with the English. Home run derby as baseball's best sluggers vie for long ball supremacy. Coverage begins tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Let's go to KD, uh, from KD and the Nets to the NFL. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days, the New England Patriots. I looked across the AFC East. These rosters are not far behind the New England Patriots anymore. The Bills obviously being better, and I would go as far as saying Miami has a better roster. Last year, they wanted to bring Mac along as a rookie. But this year, I, I just feel like there's been a shift. It's like, Mac, be that leader. I think it's fair to say that the expectation is raised for Mac entering year two, which Bill Belichick always says, that's the year players usually make their biggest jumps. All right, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max joined now by Mike Reese, ESPN Patriots reporter Mike Reese, who always shows up outside Gillette Stadium to get that shot of the stadium in the background and give us that great feeling on this show, like, you know, we got our guy on the scene. So, Mike, lie to us if you have to. Are you standing outside Gillette Stadium now, even though there's no TV camera on you? I can't lie to you guys. I am not standing there. However, because I knew it was Keyshawn's 50th birthday, I did consider driving to just sit in my car to talk to you to say I was there. But I figured with no TV shot, come on, guys. Can I be at home this morning? Can I get yeah. away with this one? No, you can. You can. It, you work hard, man, so you can. So expectations, you heard the sound on the way in, for Mac Jones this year, Mike. So let's talk about what he's doing to meet the expectations. Look, they, they're relying on him to take the next step and lead them again to the playoffs. And what, what Mac has been doing, guys, is very interesting to me. He's been traveling all over the country, Florida, California, meeting with every single pass catcher on the team from the top guy on the depth chart, the veterans, to the practice squad guys. And he's been throwing with them at various locations because one of his goals this offseason has been to develop more connection with every player on offense, but specifically all his wide receivers. Mike, what does the next step look like for Mac Jones, though, right? So for me, I have a chart. And my chart says, as a rookie, eh, I don't care what you, you know, just act like you know how to get to the building. Second year, I need you to have major improvement from the first year. Third year, I need you to be knocking on a real Pro Bowl season. Not that you get in as a 12th alternate, but you are the main guy type guy. And in the fourth year, the rest is history. You, you set your legacy. Where is that at for Mac Jones? So, so Key, I'm going to give you two things. The first thing is he wants to have better vocal command and presence. So instead of this idea of, you know, not that you're along for the ride, that, you know, as a rookie, which he was, and he did a lot of good things as a rookie, but he wants to be that guy. So better vocal command and presence, better grasp on all the play calls and communication before the snap. And here's one statistic I want to drill down on, because I heard you mention this earlier in the show, about attacking more down the field. Okay, Mac ranked 24th in the NFL last year with a 38% completion rate on vertical routes last season. That's according to our NFL Next Gen Stats. 
So you're 24th throwing vertical routes down the field. You got to be better than 24th in your second year in the league, don't you? Yeah, you're not going to win a whole lot of football games. And I and I and look, you mentioned it, Mike. You said Max done a tremendous job at you know what they asked him to do. He he was very uh, methodical and in 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 surgical underneath from the line of scrimmage five yards and you know out but not down the field and I think in order to be able to put fear into a defense you've got to be able to take the training wheels off and take those strikes down the field it this is a little bit of early Tom Brady for me where Brady was just kind of whatever the trying to find his way and then eventually he became Tom Brady and I think Mac Jones is on the same sort of trajectory and plan at the way that Bill is doing things. And, and I like the point, Key, and I also like what Max said earlier in the show when he talked about those early Patriot teams, about how you look at the roster and say, ah, you know what, there might not be a player that you say, wow, but the totality of the roster, they get it done. And, and just to build off the point about Mac throwing down the field, it's like, who are you throwing to? So consider this. Last year, Patriots receivers ranked 25th in the NFL on the deep ball separation. They only had 1.6 yards of separation on those deep balls. So, like, it's not just on Mac; It's on these other guys to get open more. And they feel like adding Devontae Parker at receiver to go with Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. Get more out of your tight ends with Jonu Smith, who didn't have a great first year last year with the Patriots. Add him with Hunter Henry. Good running attack. And maybe the picture starts to come into focus even more. So, Mike, Mike Reese, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, our Patriots reporter, Mike Reese. So, what do you, what's the sense you get? Because Key brought up Tom Brady. And just because you develop a quarterback a certain way and, he, and he, there are analogies you can make, doesn't mean you wind up that no one winds up Tom Brady, right? But what is the sense around the Patriots about Mac Jones's ceiling? He set records at Alabama. He was a great passer at Alabama. And, and as Key says, you've got to start taking the training wheels off. But what do they think he can eventually become? Max, they, they love the, the person in addition to the player. And I think in terms of the ceiling, like, they don't necessarily view it from that lens. It's like more of like the day-to-day process. And then like when, so let me go back to 2001. With Tom, they weren't thinking like ceiling six Super Bowls, right? Like it's just not, that's not the mindset from them. But what I, so, but with that, they think they can win Super Bowls with him. And to me, that's the most important thing. And now he might not going to become Tom Brady. No one's going to become Tom Brady. But can he come close to like a Joe Burrow level? Look what Joe Burrow did last year with the Bengals. Like to me, that's not unreasonable. And I think there's optimism at that level with the Patriots surrounding Mac interesting because i know like you win super bowls key i get that you if you find a guy this is very Keyshawn johnson right like if you find a guy you think you can win super bowl who cares about the extra the extra razzle dazzle stuff right like the but on the other hand when you bring up joe when mike brings up joe burrow key joe burrow's fast he's got an arm he's like the whole thing he he is and it's a little bit different 
than Mac Jones. And, and Mike knows this. It's hard when you mention Tom Brady with anybody. It's just it's a it's hard because people first thing they think about is they think about the Super Bowls. But you got to get your mind out of that and put your mind into where Tom Brady started and how he continued to develop and how they gave him a roadmap so he can be successful. That's the way that I look at it. I, don't, I'm, I can never look at a quarterback and go, oh, he's going to be like Tom Brady. No, he's like Tom Brady in this sense. Doesn't ask him to do a whole lot. Okay, I need you to be, I need you to be 17 to 23 for a buck 90 and a two-yard plunge. That's what I need you to be. And is if you can keep doing that, and then eventually the training wheels come off, then eventually you start to show us that you're capable of leading the charge without somebody holding your hand. That's how I look at it when I look at Mac Jones. Hey, Mike. And Keith, you go, go just to build off that, that roadmap, to me that circles back to a huge story surrounding this team. Who's providing that roadmap for Mac? On the coaching staff, Josh McDaniels no longer here. Matt Patricia, more of a defensive coach, heavily involved on offense now with the offensive line. Joe Judge, former Giants coach, more of a special teams background, heavily involved on offense with the quarterbacks. And Bill Belichick himself, also heavily involved with the offense from what I saw in spring practices. Mike, before we let you go, AFC East, the Dolphins have given Tua everything he needs, and the Bills obviously are considered the class of the division now. they got the best quarterback in the, in the division. Where do the Patriots fit in here? Well, I, I agree with what you both said, that it's the Bills at the top, and the Patriots are probably sliding right in there at 2A or 2B with the Dolphins. And the great part about this, guys, to tee it all up, they visit the Dolphins week one, so we're going to get an early look at where things stand in that sort of two-hole in the AFC East. ESPN Patriots reporter Mike Reese, the rare exception, not outside Gillette Stadium at the moment. Nevertheless, I asked him to lie to me. He cannot tell a lie. Thank you, Mike, as always. I expect you in front of Gillette Stadium next time. The SEC Media Day starts today. We'll find out what we should expect next. Keyshawn, J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. And we are joined now by SEC Network Analyst Benjamin Watson. How you doing, Ben? Good to join. Good to have you on. Well, good morning. How you gentlemen doing? Good, man. Just uh, waiting for college football season to really get going. Mm-hmm. It's almost here, bro. It's almost here. Speaking of which, expectations at day one of the SEC Media Day today. I'm excited. Um, you know, it's been a long off season. Been away from the game a little bit. I think SEC Media Days are a time of discovery, especially with so many different transfers. You got players going different places. You got coaches going. You got coordinators changing and going to different places. My Georgia Bulldogs, I big question for them is, you know, how did they sustain uh, the success they had last year with five first-round picks, 15 players drafted? How are they going to restock? I mean, there's questions down in LSU with uh, Chip Kelly. So, Brian Kelly, I'm sorry. So, you know, there's a lot going on in the SEC. I think um, everybody's excited about these days here in Atlanta. When you look at what's going on in college football, though, you got all this conference movement what, what, where are you at with that? <laughs> I'm kind of waiting to see, man, honestly. I, I think that, you know, it, it, it's great to talk about. You know this from playing football. Look, there's there's so much out there to talk about. What matters is what's going to happen in those weeks during the season. That's, what's happening with conference realignment is great for TV, uh, is great for fodder. I think, I think as Deion Sanders said, you know, these teams are trying to secure the bag, and I think he's exactly right. You know, this is about money. It's about TV rights. Uh, you know, you see kind of what the Big Ten did and becoming going to become a, a coast-to-coast conference. I mean, th- think about the, the reset they'll have. But as far as how that impacts players right now as they get prepared for this season, how it impacts fans right now as they get ready for this season, it really doesn't have implications on them going out there and playing these 12 games. Meantime, how does conference expansion, what kind of an impact does that have on the superpowers in the SEC, like Alabama and Georgia, do you think? Uh, It'll remain to be seen. Uh, You know, I I think that if you look throughout history over the last, especially when you talk about Alabama, and you talk about the championships they won recently, especially under Saban, but this is a storied program. You have a couple of those types of programs in the SEC that have survived other conference expansions. Um, they have a brand. I, I think that part of what you see teams doing when they move to these, you know, quote-unquote super conferences is trying to find and be identified with a winning brand. Uh, the same as players do. Uh, w- when a player transfers or when a player decides where he, he or uh, wants to go to play a college sport, they decide a lot of that based on playing time, but also, also the brand they want to be identified with. And so – I, I don't see it impacting some of these super teams, these, these storied traditional powerhouses in college football. 
What I do see, however, are, you know, D2s or smaller Division One schools. I, I see it impacting them, um, and largely because of the financial gain that you see um, going toward these super conferences. Is Alabama the clear-cut favored, hands down, the best team in the SEC? I think they are, too. I do. And, and, and here are a couple of reasons why. Uh, last year, uh, if you can remember, Nick Saban talked on and on and on. And part of this was motivating his team. So we got to understand the gamesmanship here. But, but part of, of him talking down his team was the fact that his team was indeed a young team. They were starting uh, a freshman quarterback in Bryce Young. Um, they had lost several players before. They were a team that didn't have much of the same identity. At one point, Coach Saban lamented the fact that they didn't have a receiver that could catch the ball and go 70 yards. Well, we see how that changed throughout the year and how that team that was supposedly a rebuilding team made it all the way to the national championship and gave Georgia a game. Uh, Alabama, specifically with Bryce Young, with Will Anderson Jr., coming back this year, in my opinion, they're the clear-cut favorite. And, oh, not to mention, uh, they have a coach who's already won, what is it, seven, seven championships. So where do the reigning champs, the Georgia Bulldogs, fit into the discussion in the SEC as a national title contender now? Uh, my expectations for Georgia is, is to win the SEC East, hands down. My expectations for Georgia is to be a top-two, top-three team. Um, again, we just talked about Alabama. I see them as a clear-cut favorite. But Georgia, with Stetson Bennett returning, Look, I, I, I look at a guy in Stetson Bennett who, assuming he's the starter under Kirby Smart, he he had the highest average per pass play, you know, in the entire SEC, top three in the nation with 10-plus yards per pass, pass attempt. He was efficient. He was elusive. He had a, a generational defense. But when you look at that national championship game, under the pressure, he scored twice in the fourth quarter. He, he helped steal that game. And so I think the expectations are high in Athens. I, I, I think that it's difficult. And, and you guys know this from your career in sports, it is difficult to win again after winning the year before, especially in college football where there's transfers, where there's the drafts, there's that type of attrition. Anytime you win, you're going to lose coordinators. Um, you know, Lanning goes to, to Oregon, who was uh, the defensive coordinator at Georgia. And so there's all these changes. So it's very difficult to repeat. But I think what, what Kirby Smart is building in, in Athens is a generational, traditional, um, year-in, year-out competitor. And part of that, a huge part of that, and this is something that I learned last year, you know, being my first year really involved with college football, the impact of recruiting. You know, Georgia has been top three in recruiting for the last several years. This year it's Texas A&M, Alabama, and Georgia. And so refilling that cupboard, I think, is what's going to keep Georgia at the top. Benjamin, I just want to – back you up a little bit you said from you guys knowing from playing sports there's only two guys on this uh show right now <laughs> me and you that play sports max kellerman didn't play sports so That's right i want to back <laughs> you, you up thank on you that for pointing that out thank you for pointing <laughs> however out. however what he should also point out is i have talked he, he about i have talked about more touchdowns than anyone I, no one's talked have. about more touchdowns than me or, or talked you about more threes taken and made or missed than me. You ain't, you, you ain't got hit. You ain't going to know two-a-days, but you've talked about it. So but I have talked there. about those two-a-days. Oh, I could tell you about how I've talked about those two-a-days. Uh, <laughs> that is, Ian, yeah. the uh, 
SEC seems like it's going to get stronger in 2025 by adding Texas and Oklahoma to the mix. How do you think that they were fair in the conference? I mean, b- before we even address that, my question is, and, you know, this is something fun to talk about, but what if it happens before that? I mean, I know Texas and Oklahoma will, ha- will hate to have to pay, what is it, 90-something million to leave the Big 12 early, so they're probably not coming until that time. But with all this shifting around, I think part of the speculation is, you know, what if this happens before? Um, h- how will they fare? Look, again, those are two storied programs. And to me, when I look at Texas specifically and Oklahoma, the recruiting base that they have is going to make them competitive with anybody in the SEC. It's a matter of them adjusting and getting stability with the coaches, with, um, you know, even the decisions that are made by, by the um, by athletic directors. But, but they have the components to be powerhouses in the SEC eventually. I think when they come in, like many teams going into a top-tier conference, there's going to be some bumps in the road. It's going to be a different schedule. It's going to be a more difficult schedule when you look at the strength of schedule in the SEC. Uh, but I have every expectation of them being competitive. I, I, I wouldn't see them moving to the conference or even being invited into the conference if there wasn't the idea that they would be competitive. But, but not just competitive because, Keyshawn, you know this is about bringing in dollars and mm-hmm. expanding the footprint of the conference. Yep. That is SEC Network Analyst Benjamin Watson. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Thank you, Benjamin Watson. Thank you all. I appreciate it. Talk to you uh-huh. soon. Yes, yes sir. sir. And uh, Key, the Yankees, my beloved New York Yankees over the weekend, beat the Red Sox by a combined score of 27-3. to It was better than my bar mitzvah, Key. <laughs> we'll talk about that next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. First of all, before we even move on, I'm looking at Key now because when we're not in the same studio, I make sure that Key is up on a monitor so we have visuals. We're not stepping on each other, just see where he's at. And uh, Key, you have got to get some sleep, brother. You are... You, like, you're used to working on very little sleep, and you go, and you go, and you go. But I'm looking at you right now. Oh, you about, you just hit a wall, man. I'm not, no, am I lying? I'm, I'm, no, I'm just trying to lay out as much as I can because I got first take, and the last thing I yeah. want to do 
is straining my voice. I ain't talking about you, you not know? talking. I'm, I'm, I got the visual on you. <laughs> you look like you, you, like you look good. You got tan and all that, and you know. Oh my God! Did yeah. I not get tan? Yeah, my whole it, body is tan. Yeah, and you, you don't look unhappy, but you look like you haven't slept in a grip. How much yeah. sleep would you say you've gotten in the last forty-eight hours? Probably. Let me see, 48, I probably got about five. five. Yeah, it's not enough, man. You can't average two and a yeah, half hours. I probably, yeah, I probably got about may, maybe six. So, maybe six. So, so. Because I didn't sleep at all yesterday. At all, Max. I didn't get no nap in. I didn't get nothing in. How nothing. Do you, how do you, like, I don't know. I noticed this about I know. Athletes. That's the same thing. That's the same thing uh, my wife's brother said. He's like, dude, like, you're still up. I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, you need to go to bed. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go to work. I'm going to get a few hours. So I got a few hours, and then the dogs, I can hear them scratching on the on the, on the the rug for me to let them out. And once they did that, it was a wrap for the sleep. Do you? Yeah. Do, see, I'll start to get anxious about when I'm not going to get enough sleep because, to me, the cutoff, magic cutoff is four hours. If I'm under four, I'm like, damn, this hurts, right? So if it's like I got – Four and a half left if I go to sleep right now. Now I start to get a little nervous, right? What if I can't get there? I know. And, Max, there were people that flew in for the party from out of town. They stayed with you? No, they didn't stay with me, but they stayed at the hotel down the street. Mm -hmm. I feel bad that they're here, party's over. Like, what am I going to – like, I went to Malibu for lunch yesterday with all of them. Like I can't do, you know. How do you just, stay you awake? Did you bad. drink at lunch at all? Did you? No, did it, I water, lemon, and ice. Because right. if I have a single drink and I've broken day, oh no, I'm nothing. Out. I'm done. I'm done drinking until I get to Cabo. I was literally just texting with LZ because he'll be in Cabo, and I'll have some drinks in Cabo, and that's it. LZ is one of the dudes who just makes life a little better, right? When LZ's yeah. around, things are good. Line drive. It's a base hit down the right field line. Lemayu scores. Judd scores. Rizzo will stop at third. Oh, he's done it again. Matt Carpenter with a two-run double in the Yankees lead 7-2. And we will get to the Yankees in one second. Key, this is Yo. I'm Feeling Myself by Nipsey Hussle. When I first got to L.A., I'm like, let me, let me dig through the crates. Let me find some, not even dig through the crates. Let me find some new L.A. artists that people really aren't up on yet. I'm going to play them on my new radio show in L.A. Because, you know, I'm carpetbagging. I just showed up in town. So I find Nipsey Hussle. I'm like, I found this song. I'm feeling myself, and I found uh, Keys to the City. And I'm like, I'm playing this every intro and outro of the new show. And I said, I'm going to play this till Nipsey calls the show. Let me put L.A. up on one of their new artists. And I'm going to play it. Nipsey calls like on day two, Key. I'm like, Nipsey, what are you doing, man? You could have had a month of free publicity. Why are you? He's like, yeah, that's what my manager said. But, you know, I called. I was so sad when, when he passed he was, a, he was a real talent. I love this song. All right. What you heard on Yes Network coming in, Key, was the Yankees beating the brakes off the Red Sox this weekend. By a, they won the first game 14-1. to But to give the Red Sox credit, they improved on that effort in game two and lost 13-2. to They flipped one of those runs 27-3. to It is time for the progressive Major League Baseball snapshot. Key, this Yankees team right now, they'd lost five out of six, and that was because of weird bullpen meltdowns. They have a very strong bullpen, but, you know, maybe heading into the All-Star break, you relax a little bit, whatever it is, and they should have won, you could argue, all those games, but you're not going to win them all. Instead of one in 
one and five. They probably should have been like four and three at least. And it felt like the Yankees had just had enough this weekend and were like, okay, we're done playing games. They went they went bananas on the Red Sox. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they did go bananas on them because what was it was it a month ago that the Red Sox was it about a month ago? That the Red Sox took them to the witch yet? No, they took they split the series kind of recently. They, was it they, recently? Yeah, yeah they, okay. they split the series. The Red Sox did, and the, that's when the Yankees meltdown started. They lost the last game in that yes, Boston series. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking about the meltdown. Just, they, yeah, they didn't play. They wasn't not. They were not playing well. No, and they had got off to a, a you know a nice a, a nice losing streak. And then Matt Carpenter. This, I mean, they take. He used to be a star with the Cardinals, uh, playing the infield, second base. And third base, and with the, his his career was over. Basically, he hadn't hit well in a couple of years. No major league team wanted him. Key, he got he's tearing the like. If 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 there's an alternate for the All Star game, he only played in about thirty games this year. He's gonna be on. He he could be an All Star if they needed an alternate. He's like that this year. But the problem with the Yankees though is they've always had not always, but they have this regular season success. And if for whatever reason, recently, they get to the, yeah. recently, you know, yeah. and I'm not talking about when. Babe Ruth played. I'm talking about like <laughs> recently. Then they all of a sudden can't figure it out come playoff time, or they haven't been able to. Yeah, re- like in the late '90s, early 2000s, they won the World Series every year, basically. And then since then, only in '09. But they they have powerhouse teams. A lot of that, I think, it's because they never really shot the locks off the wallet when they needed to to go get a, a, an ace starting pitcher, right? But they did that with Garrett Cole, and now they have a supporting staff. With, you know, around Garrett Cole, like other pitchers, a deep pitching staff that has been really getting it done. Um, and, and, so, and the starting pitching to go with the bullpen, to go with the defense, they, they focused on that this offseason instead of like just hitting everywhere. They brought in, you know, Isaiah Connor Falefa, uh, who's, um, you know, a real good defensive player, and, but, but like not much of a hitter. Just hits just well enough. You know what it all comes down to for me, Key, when I look at the Yankees? The pitching coach, Matt Blake. Every pitcher the Yankees pick up seems to do better with Matt Blake. And when you have a guy like that, used to be Leo Mazzoni with the, with the Braves, you could point to certain guys in basketball. You can point to what's-his-name with the Cowboys behind the scenes, Key, uh, who, who consults with... Uh, oh, with, Will Clay. Yeah, yeah, Clay. There's some guys in sports where I wonder... Like, if I'm another team and I see what, what Matt Blake is doing, and I know he's, got a, he's up for a contract renegotiation and they want to give him a half a million, he wants three quarters of it, whatever it is. Kia, dude, like, that's worth $10 million. He turns all – I don't care what the other dudes are getting paid. You, you can't nickel and dime a dude like that. He, if he's – every time a, you get a pitcher and the pitcher's okay other places, you turn him into a real good pitcher, you're worth multiples of what you're getting. Yeah, and, and that's the key, though, come playoff time, is you got to have pitching. That's what the Dodgers have been so good about is being able to accumulate pitching, and those pitchers that they had accumulated came postseason, they delivered. I mean, obviously, Kershaw for years was always struggling to do it, but then he finally got over the hump. But we went out and made moves. I mean, yeah. It wasn't all on him. It, no, was, it wasn't right. all on him. Yeah, that's right. For so many members, they had decent pitchers on the Dodgers. You know, earlier in Kershaw's career, Chad Billingsley was a nice pitcher. He was really the number two at the time. Um, but nowadays, you got two, three other top flight arms in the starting rotation where Kershaw doesn't have the pressure like, if I lose, then we can't win. I think there was a little too much of that going on earlier. 
But 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 this this Yankees team, I'm telling you, from Nestor Cortez, the season he's had so far, to uh, to Jordan Montgomery, who's been very good his whole career, but he's been hurt a lot. The big lefty. I mean, everyone, they picked up Tyon, a nice starting pitcher, even with Severino having to get shut down now. He gave up three straight home runs the other day because he's obviously not right. He's got an issue with his shoulder. But Sevy's come back and pitched very well. The pitching, you said it, as much as the game has changed, Key, as much as bullpen arms and all that, starting pitching has always been the name of the game in the Major League Baseball. You need a deep, top-flight starting pitching staff. If you have that, you will always be in it. All right, that was uh, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive is proud to team up with Hello Alice to support small businesses. Get access to small business resources and learn about small business grants at HelloAlice.com. Yeah, I, I'm going to ask you to say the word. What, what word did you just struggle with? You're so tired. Accumulated. I do, I do not think what you could I get say? through. I, you said it. You got it. You didn't mess it up, but you were like surfing a wave. You just, as the wave was breaking, just got the <laughs> <laughs> you just got the accumulated out. Oh, it's... hey, hold on. Uh, uh, can we can we just talk about uh, key, this this Keyshawn laugh from the end of the last segment here? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> What was that? He's too tired to laugh. He's just too tired to He's laugh? Too tired. That was like a fake laugh, huh? Oh, yeah, it was very <laughs> fake. <laughs> He's trying not to lose his voice. I'm trying, does, exactly. And he doesn't have the energy. You know when you laugh, it's from your diaphragm. Like, uh, he, he doesn't have it. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> call the bullpen right now. I'm tapping the arm. Come on, bring in the relief pitcher. And, this, and you got first take. And here's the thing about first take. First take, you can't kind of slide through. You get, <laughs> you're the, the whole thing is a debate show. And who you got today, Perk? Me, me, uh, me Perk, and I believe Sam Acho. You got Sam and Perk. Oh, you know Sam's going to come bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And <laughs> Perk is looking for that smoke. Oh, Keith, but you know it'll feel good when this day is over. Did, a, <laughs> did acquiring Devontae Adams make the Raiders a Super Bowl contender? We're going to talk about that next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.